0: Welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God with one another for the good of others in the valley as it is in heaven.
1: All right. Welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast. How you doing, Matt? Good, I'm a little chilly. A little chilly. We're outside on the patio today, um, honoring Matthew and some others because of COVID. So we're distancing ourselves outside. Yes, we are. So hope you're doing well. And we're going to dive into so last week or last time we talked about uh, sharing the gospel. And now we're going to be talking about how we do that through the tools or the platform which we use to be able to do that. So before we dive into those, you know, those very specifics on what exactly we use in order to do that, let's frame up the why behind sharing the gospel, um, what is the outcome that we're desiring? What's the focus? What's the intent? What comes to your mind when you think about the why behind it?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, the why we share the gospel is it's the power of God and I believe it's the true story of the world. And as people receive it and are impacted by the Holy Spirit in that, as as seeds of the gospel take root, I think it causes – deep transformation in your heart and mind and soul and even your strength. Hmm. And so, you know, before we jump into exactly what those tools are, I would love to just say from the, from the outset that these tools, no matter how good they are, and Adam and I have used a lot of good tools over the years in ministry, that they are not in and of themselves transformational, mm-hmm. right? So they're good, and I think that content matters a lot but it's not the end all be all. And so if I could just kind of frame up first, what, what is like a framework for transformation? How are we formed into the image of Christ? How do we grow in his character in the fruit of the spirit? And how do we grow in our calling for our lives? So the gifts of the spirit, I really like what James Bryan Smith put out there in the apprentice series, the good and beautiful God, the good and beautiful community, the good and beautiful uh, mission. And, or sorry, it's Good and Beautiful God, Life in Community. Mm-hmm. The last one's about mission. How do we on mission together? Yeah. But he has this framework that he developed off of Dallas Willard, Richard Foster, Brennan Manning, his connections even with Rich Mullins That's at awesome. a time. Uh, but he has this triangle of transformation, and in the center of that triangle is the Holy Spirit. And he's basically saying, and I agree with him and all those other spiritual formation authors, that we cannot have transformation without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right, And so it is the Holy Spirit driving us, moving us, wooing us, counseling us, teaching us, comforting us, not accusing us, but definitely confronting us. And so yeah. with the Holy Spirit, what are those aspects of transformation? He gives three. He says, number one, we have to start adopting the narratives of Jesus. So what are those lies in our life that need to be confronted with the truth of Jesus? And as we adopt the truth, it sets us free and that mm-hmm. is transformational. And I think a lot of content does that. It's, it shows us what is true and what is false. And I think all of us listening to this right now can agree that there's been seasons in our life where we've listened to the lies around us and it's damaged, not only our identity, but our interactions with other people. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so we know how dangerous it is to let shame and condemnation creep in, even on our view of ourselves, because then it affects the way that we treat other people around Absolutely. us. So adopting the narratives of Jesus... Secondly, um, he talks about how we participate in a community of people that are on the same path of transformation Mm -hmm. that we are. So the power of community, it's the whole idea of show me your friends and I'll show you your future, Mm. right? How impactful is it to have people around you that are practicing the same things that you're practicing, believing the same truths that you're believing? And I believe that the Holy Spirit created us in Christ Jesus to do these good works in community, right? So this is a communal thing. We cannot have transformation, long-term transformation without community. And then lastly, he talks about in that triangle of the Holy Spirit, adopting the narratives of Jesus, participating in community. He talks about engaging in soul training exercises or what you and I, Adam, would call rhythms. Mm -hmm. What are those unforced rhythms of grace that we can participate in that help us be the cooperative friends of Jesus? And I personally, um, I was in a conversation actually with James Bryan Smith one time, and I said, hey... I've, I've noticed that endurance plays a massive role in all three of these, that if we adopt the narratives of Jesus, participate in community, and engage in these soul training exercise, but we don't have endurance, then the transformation is very limited. And so he, he said, yeah, actually, if I could rewrite these books, that's exactly what I would put in there. Hmm. I would add that as a key component to
1: transformation. Say that one more time, that last part. That, just about, yeah.
0: Yeah, that our, basically our transformational journey is stunted because we don't just take the next step. Like a yeah. lot of us, we quit too soon before we see the transformation. You mm. and I, and this is every area of our life. Oh. We go on a fad diet for 15 days and we're like, oh, it's not working. But we know that if we were just to sleep and rest more intentionally right. and eat less and exercise a little more, like over time that would have transformational result. But it's not gonna have long-term effects if you just go 15 days. And the same is true with our
1: spiritual journey. That's interesting.
0: Right? I just We just Absolutely. read a book in our Disciples Made journey, Followers Made, called Chair Time. And it has the testimony of a pastor who's just sitting with Jesus in a chair time moment, just silence and solitude with Jesus every night. And he says like 20 days in, 20 days of doing this for 30 minutes, he doesn't experience anything. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until like day 21 that he was finally like, oh, this is fruitful. Yeah, This is a fruitful practice. And now it's been two years that he's been practicing. And he's like, it's my most essential rhythm. Like in all the soul training exercises that he's doing, he's like, this is the number one thing that keeps me tethered to Christ, abiding in Christ.
1: That's so good, man. You know, the first thought that comes to my mind, which is why I asked the question of the why, because so often we forget the why in that moment. Right? So day 20, we're forgetting the why behind and there, I think the dog agrees with me. He's saying and there's amen. a plane
0: if you guys can hear that coming barking.
1: over, and there's some wind. <laughs> uh, all the things are happening, so excuse us for uh, this environment. But you know what? Where my mind goes is, you know, I've, whether it be nutrition, fitness, whatever aspect of life, marriage, finance. Um, when we forget the why behind what we're doing, you know, the, the outcome, the desired outcome of which we want to see the result that we want to see you know, so often our discipleship has been formulated around the more I know then the more that I'm going to be obedient to what I know, right? Right. Which is just not the case. (laughs) You know, we all know this. We know more than what we can possibly be obedient to. Even if we just grabbed one slither of of scripture, you know, if we were in a, you know, a a communist country and, you know, the Bible was outlawed, outlawed. Yeah. yeah, like, and we just had one piece, like, it would be so difficult for us to actually live that out obey the commands that jesus gave us or the scriptures and so it's you know we have to go back to that why Mm -hmm. and so often we forget that when we plateau in our diet or when we you know when we're not hitting our budget or what you know whatever area that is right in life Mm -hmm. and it's exactly what you're saying it's you know day 21 out of you know we're on day 20 and day 21 we would have seen Some progress, yeah. Or day twenty-two, we would have seen even more progress, and so that's that's interesting to me. I love that that concept.
0: Yeah, and you know we've mentioned this before, but Eugene Peterson's phrase of discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction. I love that phrase. Mm -hmm. What if we viewed following Jesus as a long obedience journey? in the same direction. And too often in traditional discipleship environments, you and I have both seen that instead of all of those elements of endurance and participating community, these soul training exercises, rhythms, Mm -hmm. adopting the narratives of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all these aspects, instead of emphasizing any of those, really what they emphasize is, hey, what next Bible study are we gonna do next? Yeah, what do
1: you know? Hey, what do you
0: know? Hey, what's the hip new cool book out that's gonna transform my life in Jesus? And it really stems from the enlightenment you know, that America is the only country to ever be born out of the enlightenment period. And we have bought hook, line, and sinker into this truth, quote unquote, that I think, therefore I am. Yeah, absolutely. That the core of who I am is I'm a brain. And if I can just change the way I think, if I just get more and more knowledge, then I will be transformed. Mm -hmm. It's like, imagine yourself as a brain on a stick. Mm -hmm. When... I like what James K.A. Smith, not James Brian Smith, but he has a book called Desiring the Kingdom. Think about these questions that he asks in that book. He says, what if the primary work of education or discipleship, for instance, was the transformation of our imagination rather than the saturation of our intellect? Let me say it again. Yeah. What if the primary work of education was the transforming of our imagination rather than the saturation of our intellect? Hmm. And he also asks, what if education wasn't first and foremost about what we know but about what we love. Hmm. He wrote a book, uh, another book following that, that's way more accessible called You Are What Mm -hmm. You Love, saying that we are primarily desiring beings, that as a matter of fact, most of our actions stem from an unconscious choice of our desires. You think, I'm kind of craving a cheeseburger. And unconsciously, you make decisions like put the key in the ignition and drive to go get... A cheeseburger, and 90% of that is unconscious. It's being driven by your desires. But how do you impact your desires? How do you have that kind of transformation that's at the core level, not your intellect? And I think his proposition, and I agree with him, is that we have to participate in the Holy Spirit's work of all these things. You know, For a long time, we've got to continue to adopt truths and embrace them and reject lies. We have to yeah. do this in a community, a committed group of people around us. And we have to continually do the things that Jesus did. Willard Absolutely. says, how can you expect to be like Jesus if you don't do the things Jesus did? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty simple, but but we don't think that way because we've grown up in a culture that's told us, change the way you think by this hip new Bible study or whatever, content focused, right? and then you'll be changed. And we've seen time and time again, that doesn't work.
1: Well, yeah, and and the metrics of which we we've... Sort of adopted change is based off of very moralistic. You know, we talked we've talked about this before. Moralistic therapeutic deism, where it's, you know, we're just going to change behavior on the outset, not even like yeah. secret behavior. Just no. hey, if I could just pretend to be yeah. uh, a you know a good person, there, you know, that's going to be good enough. Yeah. Um. You know, and then we get into the checkbox sort of. We've talked about this before. Checkbox Christianity, where it's I can I can do those things, and what's what's sad. And what's frustrating to me is I can do all of that without the Holy Spirit. Yes, I can go to church. I can give. I can serve. I can <laughs> preach. I can. I can work yeah, hard
0: at not cussing. You know I, what yeah, I mean. I can do
1: yeah. all those things. All right? those things. It, it's it's I can not, willpower my way out of that. Absolutely, and you know, and and I, I think about this a lot, and I know we've talked about CrossFit in, on this podcast. So I apologize for those non-CrossFitters, but um, it, you know, take it to running or anything that you do. If you just sat and learned about running, learned the art form of running, learned about, you know, the the cadence and the steps and the things that you have to do to be a good runner, the equipment that you would have to have and buy. And you did all this research and all this, you know, all this stuff and you just sat on webinars and you knew a lot about running. You could talk to anybody about running, but didn't actually run. Could you call yourself a runner? No. No, like you actually have to go out and practice and, and find discipline your stride, dude, and yeah. find your exact stride. And so yeah. that's it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. But until you do it, you don't know how to adjust and how to uh, adjust to the environment or to your body or to the season of life or or whatever it may be. And and you know, so there's so much of Christianity that that we've missed out on, unfortunately, yeah. when we've just succumbed to the knowledge based. Yeah stuff you know i can know all these things memorize verses but we all know like that doesn't equate to transformation we've seen that in our childhood where we've you had to memorize verses for candy and (laughs) it doesn't mean that we actually live that out you know i'll do anything for candy absolutely so (laughs) you know all the verses (laughs) so you know that yeah um so how do we overcome that what are the what are the tools yeah. that we can use, and what, what's the intent behind those tools? Um, yeah. Let that me we say can do. one more thing before yeah. we jump into the actual tools that we're using: is that
0: even though Adam and I don't believe content is the end-all, be-all, we believe it's incredibly important. Like oh. it's, it's not the most critical thing. However, you know, loving obedience
1: is. Yeah, but if, yeah, if you knew nothing about running, yeah, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know what. Yeah. You can just know walking. <laughs> right.
0: I, I wrote down in my journal the other day that faithfulness trumps facts. I can know yeah, all the yeah, facts in the world. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm not faithful to those, mm. what's the point? Like, faithfulness always trumps facts. And so if if we're to live in that freedom, hear me on this, truth still matters. Like, Absolutely. We still, there still has to be content. We still have to have it centered around Bible engagement, the word of God. Yeah. Like, it is still reliable and the most authoritative thing. In our lives. And I just want to quote a couple things, a couple words to Jesus, John 8:32. He says, If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, then you are my disciples Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. You will experience the truth for yourself, and the truth will set you free. That's good. Yeah, dude. If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, not if you know this. No, you got to live it out into it. And then John 17, he says, It's in Jesus's prayer. He's praying to the father, God, make them holy with your truth. Your word, your truth is the thing that's making Mm -hmm. them holy. And so it is a critical aspect of, don't hear us say that truth doesn't matter. You can find truth anywhere. Like, no, the source of truth, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Absolutely. It's found in him. But what are the tools that we're using here at Rhythm, for instance, maybe that, and, and none of this we've created in house. We've just listened to what God is doing around the world with other disciple making movements, Um, I mean, even a couple years ago, I think about 2019, the spring, we were doing alpha groups in pubs, you know, in bars around Mesa, Mm -hmm. Arizona. This is an incredible tool that we have used to explore what is the gospel. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are out there that have never even come across that, that may be an awesome tool for you. Lately, we've been using uh, a disciple making movement tool called Discovery Bible Studies. Otherwise people call it, DBS. Yeah. yeah or so, just
1: even discovery. Yeah. Um just a discovery study.
0: So talk about how how your group specifically Adam uh, at your house, your rhythm community yeah. is using that tool to explore the gospel, well, to me, share the gospel. Yeah,
1: dude I love to share that. Let me start with myself first. Uh, for me, man, I got I just got honestly just really got jaded for a while uh reading scripture. Um you know, I was, I r- was reading the same things over and over again and and again, like I was coming at it from, from an inaccurate uh, perception or, or, or angle, because I wanted to I was thinking I needed to know more information. Mm-hmm. I, I needed to be able to, to memorize these things, to be able to quote scripture at somebody you know, and, or, like, or even, you know, memorize it for myself at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, hearing obedience-based discipleship has completely radically transformed the way that I view scripture. Mm. I'm looking at it as, you know, almost like a a playbook, you know, to a to an athlete. You know, QB1 has his, you know, playbook on his on his wrist and he's looking at playing, you know, you know, reading the plays out and, and making the calls and everybody sort of is in sync with that. And and I think about how the Holy Spirit's, you know, crafting um, you know, it's a it's the scripture is used to be able to enhance the kingdom. It's not. It's a means. It's not. It's not the end of itself, right? No.
0: In John five, remember when Jesus is addressing the religious leaders of his day. He says, "You search the scriptures, thinking that scriptures in and of themselves, yeah, will give you absolutely. life, no. but really." <laughs> These scriptures are meant to lead to me. Like in me, you have eternal life. Like eternal life is this knowing the Father by abiding in Christ through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, man. That's
1: eternal life. And we've said this before. It's not God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Bible. Like it's not, that's not the Trinity.
0: No, scripture is a tool, a living, breathing, God-used tool. Yes, absolutely. Intended to lead us into a relationship. It is telling us the true story of the world that orients us towards a different narrative. Yeah. Like where humans aren't the engine of history. Yeah. God is. God yeah, is the one orchestrating all this towards his desired end, mm. which is the restoration of all things. Yeah. And we need scripture. We have to like it is the gift of all gifts that God has given us in terms of, hey, I'm gonna give you my Holy Spirit. And here is a document mm-hmm. to unify that's reliable, to unify the body yeah. to go back to, like you're saying, to and lean into and say, Jesus, I'm looking for you in this. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're the one who gives life. Yeah.
1: What do you want? You know, and again those questions that we're asking, I ask every morning when I read scripture, now it's okay, Jesus, where are you at work? And mm-hmm. and how can I join you at this? Yeah. And so I'm receiving the playbook, you know, the play for the day. Yeah. Um and, and so I just I just wanted to start with that because I, it's it's completely changed my life and my approach to living out the gospel, living out the scriptures. And mm-hmm. and so I ask those questions every day. I I, I'm, I just follow the church, the church lectionary, the, you know, and and it's sometimes it's five verses, sometimes it's 10 verses, but, you know, typically a DBS would be eight to 16 verses, uh, somewhere around there. And you're asking four simple questions, you know, what does the scripture say about the character of God? What does this say, what does the scripture say about humanity, us mm-hmm. as people? Um, and then, you know, the, the third question, which is the most powerful and obedience based one is what am I going to do about this? If this is from God, mm-hmm. what is God calling me to do with what I just heard? Yeah. And then writing something down to say, I will do this. Yeah. And so we talk about this a lot that it should be, it should be uh, you know, business term here is smart goals. So it should be specific, measurable, obtainable, realistic, and timely, it should be something that you could do in 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Something that you're going to apply to your life today. Um, and so every day, you know, it's a it's a word from the Lord. It's, okay, God, where, where, are you, mm-hmm. where are you at work and how can I join you at that? And what do you want to do through your word? And it's living and active, just as you said, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's using that and fanning that in the flame in every area of my life. And so it's just, it's a cool thing to be able to yeah. participate with him in advancing the kingdom and knowing that he's gone ahead of me. Right. And I could, I just... I get to live into that freedom. And so then that last that last question is, okay, who can I share this with? Because it's exciting, you know, when first rule of CrossFit is you talk about CrossFit, right? <laughs> like it's exciting to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And so so much more than CrossFit. Sorry, CrossFitters. So much more than that is <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. The kingdom, right? That I get to share this with other people. And it's an overflow of my life and what I'm practicing. And that makes me feel not like a used car salesman, if I could say that. Yeah. You know, sorry, car salesman. You know, but it, it, it makes me feel like, man, I actually believe in the product that I'm, like, I actually practice the, what I do. Yeah. You know? Cool story from one of our rhythm really community leaders just a couple weeks ago. He was
0: practicing DBS in his own time, reading about the miracles of Jesus, felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit. What he was going to do about it was that he was going to share that day in his work environment about Jesus and his miracles. Mm. And he he said, you know, he's journaling through it and he's just looking for it all day. Where's that open lane almost, you know, for me to drive through and share the gospel today. And sure enough, some random lady that he had never even met reached out to him and started sharing her story via email, talking about the miracles that she thinks God is doing in her life. I know, dude. And he's sharing with her. And I'm saying that to say, the When we're paying attention to what God is up to, when we are praying and leaning into, God, what are you doing and how can I be a part of it? Mm. It really is a non-anxious approach to sharing the gospel. When I hear sharing the gospel, I, I, I have vivid memories of like in high school thinking that that meant I had to go door to door and knock yeah. on yeah, people's yeah. doors and, and share with them in a forced way. No. Do you know what Jesus has done for your life? And I did that. I was that kid. Yeah. who rallied his friends and knocked on doors. You can go to Gridley, Illinois, and ask some of the people that live there. I was that 15-year-old kid who actually did that. And now, 20 years later, I I see like there's a different way. Mm. There's an unforced way Absolutely. to sharing the gospel, to embodying it and demonstrating it. And here's the deal. Maybe God will lead you to knock on your neighbor's door and bring Possibly. some. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's, it's going to be
1: for you yeah. in that moment, in that time, and prompted by the Holy Spirit, not yes. an expectation that you think you have to do because no. it's going to give you a gold star, or a, you know, yeah. another seat in heaven. I don't, you know, that's the thing that again, it's we talk about this a lot, but it's it's a custom fit. The yoke is custom fit for you walking with Jesus. It's not something that you're doing separate. Yeah, it's not something that you're just you know, off on your own, a renegade, an outlaw that's just going to go and do whatever it is in the name of the Lord. But Jesus is active with you. The Holy Spirit is leading you and you just get to merely be a part of it. And that's a beautiful, freeing thing that I don't have to earn anything. Like grace is given to you and you just get to participate in this. Yeah, And that, and and what I want to say with this DBS um, material, so we're gonna put the PDF that we created in the show notes, so you can pull that up, and and I would just encourage you uh, to just start practicing this on your own time. You know, as I mentioned for myself, what I'm doing, you know, in the mornings is just opening up the scriptures and doing that. We can we can put the uh, lectionary in the show notes as well, and you can just pop up the the scripture for the for that particular day and and go through that or you know any any part of the scriptures you could just start yeah. doing doing that again eighteen eight to sixteen verses but anybody can do this anybody you know you don't have to have a theology degree to be able to lead yourself or others in a dbs. And uh, mm-hmm. our friends from Kansas City, you guys have heard them before, and they've been a huge influence on us. Yeah. Uh, but I remember Brian Johnson saying to me that a story about two guys that were non, two non believers leading each other to Christ through participating in a DBS. Yeah, that's incredible. That it just blows my mind. But that is the power of the Holy Spirit. These guys walk away, and they're like, okay, that wasn't us. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing.
0: Can you talk a little bit about, um, as we practice this in our lives and God goes ahead of us, there seems to be a principle in scripture when Jesus sends out his disciples in sharing the gospel on these missions, living missionally. There seems to be a principle of looking for people of peace, a mm-hmm. person of peace mm-hmm. as we're sharing the gospel. So that's not necessarily a, a tool, that we have developed, but it seems to be a key concept in Jesus's mind of, Hey, when you go into these new towns, yeah, look for those people of peace that I've prepared for you. Yeah, man.
1: And so there's a couple of things that come to my mind. We've talked about reverse hospitality and, and receiving from others. You know, there's this idea that I'm submitting. There's this humility with that. Um, the, the other piece of that, so when you're when you're entering into a relationship with somebody, again unforced, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to like have the magic formula to share the gospel. Exactly what you said, I get to share my life, which embodies the gospel, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. What's what's awesome about this is when you ask somebody to study. When you get to that place, and you ask that person a piece that's open and receptive mm. to to you and your life starts asking questions, it's, it's, it's not just actions, right? So I want to say this, it's also words. Right? Jesus died not for what he did, but for who he said he was. So he used a lot of words saying that he was Lord and proclaiming that, put him on the cross. And so for us, we have to also do that. It's not just actions, but it's words. And when we ask somebody we share our life and we ask somebody to, to invite them to be a part of it, when we ask them to study the Bible, I would think before this, people would just be like, "Shut that down, quick!" Yeah, people are super receptive to that. Those people of peace are super receptive to say, "Yeah, I'll, I actually want to study the Bible now." Like, yeah, I, this is different. This is not you know stuffy going to church, you know, very ill fitting. Like we talk about a lot, like religious. This is seems natural. I want this. I just again, like you said, to start off. I'm a desiring being that desires more than what I'm, good, I'm living out right now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you have something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What comes good. to your mind?
0: Dude, I, I just think about all the people in my life who have been that person of peace, who have opened up doors into other networks of relationships mm-hmm. that I couldn't do. I mean, from when I was in junior high and started following Jesus all the way up till present day, there are dozens and dozens of names of people that God, again, has gone ahead of me in his grace and given me relationships that have opened doors to share the gospel with other people. And so I, I guess what I want to say in this is as we share the gospel, as we look for tools to share the gospel, understand God cares more about this yeah. than you do. And it's his mission that we get to participate in. Yeah this is not on you and again that that for us creates and cultivates a heart of of peace mm-hmm. ourselves there is a non-anxious way to be his cooperative friend and to be on mission with him in our everyday life and w- one of our one of our tools that we use I, we have to say this because it's such an incredible resource is if you go to disciplesmade.com yeah there's a suite of experiences um, called and it's all around this idea of how can we discover our calling mm-hmm. and develop character in Christ and then therefore transform the communities around us. Yeah. And because and, that's what God wants to do. He's about the restoration of all things, not just in the end, but now, and that comes from making disciples who can make disciples where everybody's being unleashed, empowered to become missionaries, wherever they live, work, learn, play. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm, just, I'm excited about it. We just started their followers-made experience and their missionaries-made yep. experience online. One of the reasons Adam and I chose to go with it is it actually leads to an experience called Microchurch Learning Community. How do you launch your own rhythm community that I'm excited about doing someday? Absolutely. So if you haven't checked out that tool, I just want to mention it and say it's been a big blessing to us. Brian Phipps and his team there have done an incredible job in yeah. Kansas City.
1: And what I love about that tool in particular and this is something again that's important to say uh for those that are going through it right now and for those that are interested about going through it later on is it it is it's not a bible study like it's not something that no. it's not a I have to do this in order to like achieve this status within the the rhythm network you know it's like you don't no this is a tool that you could uh, use as you're as you're on your way, as you're traveling, as you're going through this journey of faith, yeah. this is an opportunity for you to follow Jesus, to be led by Jesus, to be a missionary for Jesus. And so they, they do a great job with the um, it, they call it intentional discipleship environments, and they're very intentional with how they lay it out. Um, that it's not the the content's not the focus; it's a flavor. We talked about this before. Yeah, it's habit fueled. You know, there's there's rhythms and habits that. You're, you're practicing along the way and it's outcome focused. The desire is to be more like Jesus, not to, again, not to be a, a better, a good person. Right. Right. And so that, um, they've just done a great job. And I'm excited for our community to yeah. continue to divide, you know, dive into it. And I'm excited for the Valley to dive into that. We want to be a hub, a resource. For all churches, for all Christians in the valley, and so I just I want to say this real quick: if if you're interested in being coached, if you're interested in being a missionary in your local context, um, that's what we're here for. That's the design of Rhythm Community Church um, going forward. Is we want to we want to help you uh, wherever you feel like God's leading you, yeah. developing your character in that calling to make an impact for the gospel.
0: Yeah. Let me, uh, if you don't mind, let me close with this quote by Ian Bounds, Mm. who was a pastor in Franklin, Tennessee.
1: Went to his his church. We did. We toured
0: his church last year.
1: I think he Um, might've broke something.
0: (laughs) 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 He wrote a book called Power Through Prayer. And uh, I just think it's incredibly important um, to understand what he's saying here because it has to do with gospel tools. And uh, his quote is, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better. It's he, so he's basically saying what the church needs today is not more tools mm-hmm. or better tools. He says not new organizations or more novel methods. What the church really needs is people whom the Holy Spirit can use. People of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods but through people. He does not come on machinery but on people. Mm-hmm. He does not anoint plans but people, mm-hmm. men and women of prayer. And so my prayer is that may the Spirit anoint us as we use these tools to continue to practice the unforced rhythms of Jesus together.
1: Absolutely thanks, man. Yeah. Good being with you. Thanks brother. for being with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.